Roll the, roll the you, tape. You, you can have a bride slave <laughs> on a sleeve. I do not. I do not condone this. The, well, you this, do. This weekend, MTG does not. Condone, Looks like condone. you're gonna have to actually edit this podcast. <sighs> Damn it! I'm gonna have to get that clip from when Wade was on and just like clip it out and save it for moments like this. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, magic folk, to episode number 112 of This Week in MTG. Holy your, shit. Your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. The, the surprise motherfucker over there adds Danny. What's up? 112. Jesus balls. Right? That's ridiculous. How do people still listen to us? I don't know. I honestly don't know, but we got people listening to us. And, and paying for it. And that too, which is even more surprising. But hey, the more people pay for it, the better it gets. Hopefully. I was about to say hopefully, but yeah. So the the lack of surprise that you're hearing from the other part of the the, the table here is where you can't J- reach the mic. <laughs> yeah, JB really got shrunk by ah oh, jeez his wife. Oh, I was gonna say the what's the the actor's name from Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Dude, that movie is old as fuck. I know. Fuck. I was trying to make a I was trying to make a funny joke, and now it just fell. He's also because from could, Little Giants. Yeah, I just can't remember his name and stuff. And then he was also in Ghostbusters. Yep. And uh, he quit acting to support his kids. Yes. Good guy. Good guy. Yes, he is. So, uh, bad joke is bad. JB is not here. He is <laughs> uh, being small and adulting somewhere. So, with that, he's adulting even smaller humans. Yes. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. So, with that, we're glad that you all decided to join us. Hopefully, this is a special episode for y'all. And thank you for tuning in. And speaking of thank yous, let's start off our thank yous by thanking the newest patron of, God, do we have like, we got to have like a a community thing, you know, like everyone's like part of this and this nation or no, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I mean, we're you're, magic. You're thinking too hard. I'm thinking too hard. A, a new member. I mean, everybody's a magic folk though. I can't just, I can't. a new patron to the podcast. <laughs> there we go. Welcome, Jacob. Thank you for deciding that our dumb voices are worth sending money towards. Oh, shit. And it is the first of the month as well. Homeboy, what did you forget to do? I forgot to pull up the the spinny wheels. So while I do that, how about you give a read of thanking everybody? Okay, yeah. Um, So, again, like Matt says, thanks, Jacob, for joining our Patreon uh, for this week in MTG. Along with these other fine Patreons. Um, we'd like to thank Big G, Wade97, Chapman, D Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Mat uh, No Modifier, and lastly again, Jacob. Thank you guys for continuously or continuous support of this podcast. Your your money allows us to buy and give these sweet prizes that Matt is trying to figure out how to make a spin wheel um, that he will take care of shortly. 
I thought I was prepared for everything, but I forgot that it was the first today. So. What the fuck, Matt? I know. The Talk. funny thing is, actually, is the first, but you'll be hearing this the second. Indeed. Maybe. Okay, so thank you, all the patrons. So let's get off. Let's start off this drawing. Boom. Right? Meow. And we shall spin for... Oh, so if you if you also want to join the Patreon, we have a $3 tier and a $10 tier. $3 tier gets you put in for a monthly drawing for booster packs. The $10 tier gets you put in a drawing for a commander card that's worth about 15 to 20 bucks. This month, it's Archmage's Charm. It won the vote by one vote. So uh, we're going to come up with a poll. Uh, being part of the Patreon allows you to vote on what card will come next month. So for the month of December, we'll come up with a list within the next week or two, and then we'll spend the rest of the month for y'all to to vote on there. And let's spin this pack for uh, not, not Crimson Vow. Crimson Vow is unfortunately not out yet, but we'll do Midnight Hunt set boosters. So spinning first one we get. Winner of the first pack is we got Nikki. Nikki. Congratulations, Nikki. Your pack will be in the mail. Woo! Congratulations, man. All right. Now, let's spin for the second pack. Uh, uh. Oh, that was close. <sighs> At some point, I we think got we got the big guy getting that. Big G. I think we got to work on. I think we got to work on something. What to to because he's like part of the podcast. He he's officially the unofficial fourth host because he was requested to sign a play mat because he's been on here so often. Oh boy! So I feel that that automatically shoehorns him into being part of the podcast. If somebody is asking specifically for their signature, his signature. Oh boy! Yeah, the legalities. The legalities. He still gets it. <laughs> Congratulations, Big G. Now, for the next one, this is for the Archmage's Charm. Let us go a-spinning. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, only the algorithm knows. Oh. oh. Your computer freezes, Matt. My computer is freezing. It is Demoose. 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 Congratulations, Demoose. You have won an Archmage's Charm. JB will have it on his computer desk waiting for you to come pick it up. I can't believe. Still. Still. Like, so JB picks up this stuff for him and has it all in, like, a box and hasn't even sent it off yet. It's like, yo, I could have sent it off to him. Maybe he knows he's just going to win more. Maybe. And he's just waiting for, like, the end of the year, just cumulative big package Waiting so it's actually feasible to send it. It's his own Christmas present at this point. So it doesn't get lost on the... On a ship. Oh, yeah. Stuck out in the harbor. And then you get giant ships drawing dicks in the water. (laughs) Captains are bored. They have to do something. Indeed. And speaking of doing something, we also have to do something by thanking our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dubs, they have... Everything you need when it comes to Magic the Gathering. They're up for pre-orders right now on Crimson Vow. So if you want to get your lock in your set booster boxes or your pre-release events, event kits, or just draft boosters or collector boosters, they have that all there. 
contact J-Dubs to get put on their list. And then you're going to be a happy Magic player because you're getting in line to get your Crimson Vow packs. And not only do they have Magic, but they have Playmats, they have Dice, they have D&D stuff. And if none of that is something that fits your fancy, which is kind of surprising because you're listening to a Magic podcast, they have sports cards, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon as well, along with different events going on every week with uh, Thursday being their commander their commander league where you go play some commander get some points and at the end of the quarter you get booster packs and stuff for how many points you've uh, accrued over that time nice then there's modern and legacy leagues on bright or Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. they got FNM on they have FNM on Fridays as the name states and they're looking to get uh standard going again i think standard's not too big of a paper format here um they do commander as well but i think they're i think they're kinda, no it was standard it was standard okay wait no no it was pioneer all right yeah, yeah yeah but it's more i think room right now gotcha gotcha because i i don't know it's been a few months since i played modern <laughs> i'll say a few weeks but that's just a yeah, little be honest that's, with yourself. An, that's an understatement so it all depends on how much room they have in that temporary game room yeah, well, the temporary game room is pretty large. And an update on that, they're getting really close uh, to my knowledge still. When I was talking with Josh the other uh, the other day, uh, the event center that's getting remodeled down in the basement is close to getting done. And then they're going to work on the current store and remodel that. And then they're going to connect the two. And hopefully everything will be done shortly after 2022. Whoop, whoop. Exciting stuff. So thank you, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming. Now... Let's jump into this breakdown and how this episode is going to get laid out for y'all here. First off, we're going to go over to the Boggleist Boggle Desk, where uh, Danny and I will be taking turns talking about the events at the SEG Invitational that happened this weekend at SEG Con. Then we're going to jump to the upcoming events. And from there, a blogatog is going down. I picked one this time as well with Danny. So, And then from there, we got some Professor's Charity updates and... The bulk of the episode, we're just tra- talking Crimson Crimson Vow. And then from there, going to jump to the finance section. And after the finance section, depending on how much time we got left, we're going to do a deck of the week. So with that, let's jump over to the Boggle Desk and start off with the SCG Invitational for Standard. So Corey Baumeister, North Dakota, na- North Dakota native, has won with Is It Epiphany. Overall, all three days, he fought and fought and won. So his is it Epiphany deck is uh, pretty pretty standard from what I understand of the the standard Epiphany decks. So you got Allruns Epiphany with Galvanic Iteration to be copying it, and you just like control the board out to be able to get to the point where you just take continuous turns and beat down with Flying Birds. And um, in uh, Corey Baumeister beat out Dominic. Oh jeez. Paulo Paolo Isirio. I am so bad with names, and Dominic, I apologize. But uh, Dominic was playing a Demir Control deck with uh, Lear and Sedgemore Witch going on. So uh, Duresses, Blood Chiefs, Thirst, Divide by Zeros, and stuff like that to hopefully help attrition out the game. But as soon as you start taking multiple turns, you just you just kind of Get out of hand there. Well, hopefully you win if you're taking extra turns. Very true. Very true. So, there's that for you. And if we want to look at the 
modern event that happened there as well. So Cory Baumeister took first place with that, and he was running a Luris Death Shadow deck, which pretty stock for Luris Death Shadow. You got the Mistress Bobbles, Inquisitions, Expressive Iterations, but it was going down with the Dress Down variant, so that way you can get a 13-13 pretty quickly and just beat face there with uh, Kroxas, Dragon Rage, Channelers, and Regavans. Gross. The typical package that you run if you're in red. DRCs and Regavans. Second place was also taken by Dominic, who was running an Orzov Lyris Hammer list. Third place by Sahin Sarani, running an Azorius Control with a Kahira Companion. And this one is I don't know, very, very stock-looking Azorius Control kind of a deck. Really going in on, not really going in, but using Memory Deluge to the best of the extent. And it has a single Cryptic Command in the main board. Then we got in fourth place by Peter Ingram and another Azorius Control. Now compared to Serene's, this one also uh, this one's down on the Cryptic Command. Got the Memory Deluges and really going in on Archmage's Charms and uh, Spreading Seas here to be taking a bunch of different lands. In fifth place, we have Brad Nelson running a Luris Jund Midrange deck. Going with a Dark Confident, Confidant in the main board on this list because the, the, the CMC of this whole deck is just super low. Like You're not taking a crap ton of damage with this. You're just getting extra cards here. And with this, it does have the Urza's Saga package where you can get the Shadow Spear, you can get Nile Spellbomb, Pyrite Spellbomb, and Mishra's Bobbles. After that, we have four-color Blink Yorion, piloted by Kellen Pastor. Pastor? And this one is uh, Omnath Locus of Creation with Solitudes and Furies, along with Eternal Witnesses to be buying back these cards. Also, in, this, in, in the main board, they, get, they got Spreading Seas and Abundant Growths for enchantments to potentially Blink, draw cards, and just like reattach it to something else. In seventh place, we have a Jeskai midrange piloted by Cameron Sullivan. And this one is Jeskai Merktide, where it got Dragon Rage Channelers, Merktide Regents, and Regavans. And other than that, nothing too spectacular in the main board there. And the, the sideboard is just, it knows what it's going after when it has Engineered Explosives, Blood Moons, and Flusterstorms and Mystical Disputes going on here. And then finally, in eighth place, we have another Grixis Luris deck piloted by Logan Underwood. Now, compared to Corey's deck, this one does not have the dress down interaction going on here. This is just straight up going down on life to get a big, big. Oh, there's not, there's not even a. Jesus, why am I losing my mind? There is no Grixis Death Shadow in this. It's just Grixis midrange. And you're just beating with Dragon Rage Channelers, Snapcaster Majors, and Regavans. I don't know what I was thinking there, folks. You weren't. I wasn't. But there you have it, the big event going on at, over at SCGCon. You can go check out a, a bunch of other podcasts that go over in detail of that. We are not the people you want to be listening to about that. No, definitely not. <laughs> we like the cards. We know nothing about them. We don't do good with the interactions. Nope. So, speaking of SCG... Channel Firewall is having a uh, MTG Las Vegas weekend. Do you know that, Matt? Oh, I, 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 I'm aware. Okay. I've, I've heard it on this podcast before. Right, just making sure. Have, have you heard of it? 
It's no. This Week in MTG? No. It's uh, Three Schmucks with Microphones, I think is their tagline. Three Schmucks with a Microphone. Three Schmuck with a Microphone. <laughs> or with Microphone. That's what it was. Uh, so, November 19th to 21st, Channel Fireball MTG Las Vegas is happening just in time for Innistrad Crimson Vow. Uh, this is going to be a $50,000 prize pool uh, weekend, basically. Uh, with $25,000 of it is going to the main event. Um, or main events, Crimson Vows, um, Seals, and Modern. Uh, so we are looking at... Which one is this? What's that money? Is, it, is that the Modern one? This is for both of them. This oh, is, is the pri- This is the okay. prize payout for both of them. So the prize pools for both of them. So it's, the first is $2,500. Second is $1,900. Third and fourth, they're just going to rack in $1,500. Eighth through uh, fifth through eighth is a thousand. Ninth through sixteenth is seven hundred. Seventeenth through thirty second is five hundred. Enough, God damn! It's enough to pay for your airplane ticket. Yeah, Vegas is cheap to travel to. Yes, it is. Um, Rooms, on the other hand, can't 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 attest to that. Don't know. I don't think if, so. If if you're going with the group, it's not bad. It all depends on which where it's to be held and if you're. Looking to be on strip or off strip and all that fun stuff. That's right. You've been to Vegas. The one time. I thought it was twice. One for business and one for the pool I've only been to Vegas once. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> I don't go there for business. I'm not that important. We're going to make it our business at some point. Maybe. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to go to this one this year. But if, no. it, if any Vegas events happens in the future, yep. we'll mark that on our calendars and we will go there. And then it will be for Hopefully. business, Danny. Hopefully. Then, then we have a tax write off. There. You can have a tax write-off. I could have a tax write-off. Since you are the one behind this business. Anyway, uh, with COVID still being COVID, uh, there's going to be a few things. Fuck COVID. There's going to be a few things that will be different. The players will be more spaced out. Con- um, content uh, Contactless registration for all events will be available online. Staff will be behind, will be behind plexiglass barriers. Everyone will be required to wear a face mask, and all attendees must show either a proof of vaccination or negative COVID test within the last 48 hours. Uh, we are close, closely monitoring local and federal state guidelines and adjust our policies as they change. Uh, you can see more information about our safety protocols ahead of this event here, but rest assured that your comfort and safety are important to us. So with that being said, we can't wait to see you all at the MTG Las Vegas and feel the energy in the halls once doors open November nineteenth. So they got they're gonna have special guests there and they have and they finally just announced the artist list that's gonna be there. You got that pulled up there, Danny? No. no. I don't. It means I gotta pull it up here. I don't know why they wouldn't have it on here. Well, because what I'm I'm just pulling up an article that goes over the details. So a couple more of the details, I guess, real quick are the modern event is sixty bucks to enter. Limited is eighty dollars to enter, and uh, they're going to do eight rounds of modern and eight rounds of sealed, and then they're going to cut to a top eight after on the following day on the Sunday. And then you get to get like these big uh, packages and stuff where you can yep. get entered into both events, and you get cool things like a deck box, a random foil promo, and then an exclusive jewel lotus playmat and other kinds of playmats and stuff like that. Uh, you they got the command zone that's going to be there. That's going to be eighty bucks to gain access to that. And doing that, you're going to get uh, three days of access to the command zone, three days on-demand commander event vouchers, foil path to ancestry, path of ancestry promo, a deck box, an exclusive path of ancestry playmat with new art 
Okay, that the deck or that playmat is pretty sweet looking. It does look pretty stairway cool. to heaven. And work right in a stairway to her. I, I, I do like how they have a uh, how do you rate your commander deck brought to you by the Command Zone podcast. Yeah, they have the, the full video down there where they talk about that. So, oh, they just have a little graph too. Ooh, and all the they got the, the vendors as well showing up here. Yep. So, the vendors for the weekend are going to be. Maybe not. Um, that's weird. They just sent me to that freaking uh the tournaments that they're holding. All right, I got it. I got it right here. You want to read off this, or you want to read the artists? Oh, I can just go down. Yeah. I think the vendors. Yep. How many do you have? Uh, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep. Okay. So, starting off the list, we have CoolStuffInc.com. We got StrikeZoneOnline.com. Then we have Toa Magic, 95 MTG, Tier 1 Games, Dark Side Games, Laughing Dragon, and last but not least, Recycled Entertainment. I am, uh, I'm feeling a connection with Recycled Entertainment. Are you? Yeah, it has, it has the recycling logo. Oh my god. And I'm a garbage man. Oh my god. Uh, special guests are going to be Zebek, Rachel Weeks. Uh, Thalia Vess, Pleasant Kenobi, The Professor, Kyle Hill, and Marshall Scottcliffe. Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe. Here are the artists that are going to be there. Quite a few. There's at least 12 that are going to be there. We have Jonas Voss. We have Mark Tiedon, Andrea Raddick, RK Post, Mark Paul, Miranda Meeks, Ken Meyer, Howard Hard Lion. Then we have Elena Danner, Richard Kane Ferguson, Jeff Lobenstein, and Jeff D. And these are all like heavy hitter magic artists. Maybe I should uh, send uh, my Jeweled Lotus down with Mason to get Alana Danner to sign in. For sure. Just trying to figure out if they have any more that I have that I could possibly get to sign. You could totally just have someone sign your uh, slabbed diamond. Yeah, I could, but it's not. It's not as impressive if it's slabbed. Now, if it was like, and that's that's another thing is like, I could, but that's also a lot of money that someone has to carry around. That is also very true. That is very true. But I don't know. So yeah, if you guys are going down, send pictures back our way. That'd be awesome. And this is being held at the Las Vegas Convention Center. So, yeah, it should be uh, should be fun. Hotel Block is at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. So, yeah, I will have the web. I guess you can go to mtglasvegas.com to see all this information for yourself. And that will have links for hotels and all that fun stuff for you. But you want to ready to go to the blog uh, talk next? Yeah, you're next, bro. All right. So I got I got a blog talk that I I saw and I'm like ooh this is interesting. From Mister Mustache MM asks, since Silver Border is often a place to try out new ideas for Black Border, why not try Token Lands in Silver Border product and see how they play in the real world? Then you can see how the wider community takes to them and see what kind of feedback you get. 
Mark replies, stating, We have playtested land tokens, and the playtesting didn't go well. I do know that land tokens have been a thing that's been asked for for a while, but when it comes to land tokens, I think it's like, why, why, why worry about land tokens when we got treasure tokens? Like a treasure token is like a land token. If you get a land token, it's like you get a land swamp or you get a land plains and stuff. I mean, yep. you get the repetitiveness of like being able to tap it. Then I'd imagine, but it's well. It also, I I guess it's with land. Uh, well, land tokens you could have for the few people who have the ability to float mana. Or even doubling season. Doubling season too, but... Because they're tokens. Well, yeah. Are they, though, for land? Yep. If, if, if we're going off of them saying land tokens, they do become tokens. So any, like, token doubler and stuff could affect them. And I guess, imagine paying two mana to make a land token, you know, like a, a rampant growth, but for a land token... But if you have a parallel uh, parallel lives out, it doubles tokens as well, right? Yeah. So no, that doubles counters. It doubles counters. Okay, so yeah, doubling season ca- doubles tokens, and then the one from Jumpstart also hits tokens, if I'm not mistaken. The unbranched, unbranched wild. Sure. Wilderness, something like that. But for something like that, it's like getting double lands. I, I can understand. I guess I can kind of see why that would be meh. I don't know. It's it was just more of the um, more of that having that extra token out there so you can keep track of what you have for a color, rather than oh hey, I have this die is this color, this die is that color, this die is this color. It's like hey, I just have tokens out here that are not land, like an actual land card. It's just it's a token that says hey, this is this. Do you do you think it would kind of fall under the category of you know we all we all do it as commander players we put our ramp artifacts like soul ring command sphere gilded lotus and stuff like that we put them with our lands and then that kind of gets like confused and stuff and there's times where it's like mass artifact removal and then sometimes you forget that stuff there like I wonder if it I wonder if that kind of scenario plays an effect into the land token play testing that they have done. Like every commander who plays commander, your tokens are never the same color sleeves as your deck you're playing. Oh, and that's, yeah, I guess that's another thing. How many people just like use dice for tokens? Like, oh, I'm not going to go get a token. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this, this two is a swamp and this, this one, it's, it's four. That means it's exactly. a plane. And then like five minutes later and two beers in, it's like, which, what, what is what? What are, what are they again? Yeah, exactly. So you actually have a card out. It's like, hey, this is. <laughs> That literally says land token for this color. Doesn't even have to. Doesn't have to say. Doesn't have to say plain swamp island mountain or forest. It just the color with the mana symbol or something. But, I don't know. But but rest assured, magic folk, they have play tested it and it did not go well. I guess that's probably why. It's it's because how often you make land tokens. Well, I mean, like I said, you got treasure tokens, and those are like land tokens. They're a one-time use land. Well, I mean, treasure tokens are just a lotus petal and and stuff, but it's not a land. So, I mean, oh, and then think of all the landfall triggers you get for land tokens. Ooh, yeah, I can imagine it'd be kind of like murky with the different play patterns, play styles, and stuff like that. Things that are like sack a land, you sack the land token, and then it's like. Oh, well, that's not a real negative effect. You know, like Harrow. 
Mm-hmm. Typically, it's like Harrow, you're down a land, but then you ramp two, so it's like you're just up one. But if you sack a, a land token, you're just up two, mm-hmm. and things like that. Or same with like a, a, a crop rotation sacks any land to tutor up any land. So it's like this land token is now a glacial chasm, <laughs> or this land token is a field of the dead in Commander. Stuff could like be. that. Definitely could be. So uh, moving along, we go to Junts twenty six. They asked, actually stated. Um, I've said this before, but I am continually struck that many people's complaints about white are, in quotations, indirectly, complaints about commander rules. Commander's format makes fast, efficient aggro a pretty bad or impossible strategy, and white suspends more of its power budget on that than any other color. People are looking for a white equivalence of big, weird red spells, and white gets few of those, and when they do, they tend to be staxy cards people don't want in commander bark replies back with was it seven simple words commander is not doing white any favors i don't know to to, to the people that are like white's an aggro deck and it's not an aggro decks aren't good in commander it's like get better at making your aggro decks then yeah i know well, mono white's hard i don't know man i've got I got decked up one time. Uh, God, where was I at? It was just like out at an LGS or something. A guy had a Avison deck that just like ramped and stomped, ramped and stomped. It was so quick. We were all dead. And then a, um, a friend of ours, have you ever played with Joe before? Yeah. Yeah. He has uh, had a Boros deck. I think he changed it and stuff, but it was like Boros, uh, Boros Agro and that, and that slapped. I mean, yeah, you're incorporating red and stuff with that yeah. still. But you got the power but, cards from red. But this is the argument against like you can't have an aggro deck in commander. Oh, in, it, you can. It's just a lot of fine tuning. And if you do aggro in white, you are basically going on a one way street. I'm gonna make a white aggro deck now. Go for it. I'm gonna see how that turns out. I I'm mean, just I, I'm just making hug decks. Yeah, dude. I gotta add some more cards to my Naya hug deck. <laughs> I, I played it recently this last weekend, and I'm like, yes, this was fun. Yeah. This was fun. Hug decks are fun. Hug decks with win cons are fun. <sighs> I, I only got I only got Titanic Ultimatum as the only win con in that deck. Otherwise, it's like, as long you want as, as lo- you get something. As long you as you have you it, something. as long as you have a win con, that's all I care about. Well, I mean, I guess I guess the win con is having like 5-5 five, five beaters for two or 8-8s four, four, uh, eight for four and stuff. Guess that's the the win condition for men, but well, either way, as long as you have something. So moving on from the blogatog, we're going to jump into the news section now. So to start off the news section, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some positive news. This is uh, the professor just had his third charity event for Trans Lifeline called TCG Gifts Given. This last weekend, they raised $142,689 and has, uh, since this is his third one, in a whole lifetime of doing this charity event, has got more than 500, has raised more than $500,000. Congratulations, Professor, on this big accomplishment. This whole thing had a bunch of like sweet deals and stuff too. Like you'd, um, like donating four dollars would get you put into like a bunch of different raffles, and one of the big ones is is he was the professor was giving away three one of each modern box modern modern masters modern masters fifteen and modern masters seventeen one of one of each to one person, 
And then there was a bunch of like signed cards from Jimmy and Josh, the command zone. And I think Alex Kessler had some things in there as well. Nice. Yeah. It was a, it was a big event and it went very well. I suppose he had all the channel fireball guys. Says he's, he's part of it. He's not, isn't he? I thought nope. he was part of that per, that group. Nope. Professor is not affiliated. He's hmm. he's affiliated with Card Kingdom, but he's not part of Channel Fireball. Like he's friends with everybody on Channel Fireball and stuff because you know yeah. Professor's a good fucking guy. Oh yeah, I thought he was just part of the Channel Fireball now. No, but he, he's he's his own thing. Nice. So, anyways, next up we have uh, this statement that Matt wrote. Uh, now let's now let's cover the Crimson Val bundles on arena now that crimson Val is starting to be released as spoilers um there's a pack bundle that is 49.99 that has a crimson bride slave 50 times sleeve sleeve not slave i said sleeve you said slave roll the, roll the you, tapes you, you can have a bride slave <laughs> on a sleeve i do not i do not condone this <laughs> well you this, do this weekend mtg does not condone looks like you're gonna have to actually edit this podcast I'm going to have to get that clip from when Wade was on and just like clip it out and save it for moments like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it has a Crimson Bride sleeve, 50, 50, uh, 50 Crimson Val packs, and one Olivia Crimson Bride in a depth art chart or card style of it. Uh, the next play bundle is the same price, but it has Soren, the Mirthless Sleeve, a Blood Bat Pet, the Crimson Val Mastery Pack, three draft tokens, one sealed token, and a Soren the Merchless regular and depth art chart uh, card. Also, uh, with this, there is an Edge of the Night event that is a standard singleton event that ends this Thursday the 4th. In the article, they go over the dates and rewards for the November ranked season and qualifier weekends. Links in the description. Keeping the Crimson Vow train going, let's talk about collecting Crimson Vow. In an article by Mike, Mike Turian, he goes over the different variants of special borders that you get to find in this set. So starting off, the big one is the Dracula series art. This art series has taken inspiration from the classic Dracula novel by Bram Stoker. There are 18 of these cards and will be showing off key characters, locations, and objects inspired by the novel, but as a, a skin of actual cards you find in the set. Imagine what Watsy did with the Godzilla cards in Aquaria, and that's what it's like. You're doing it right on that, on that aspect, in my opinion. <laughs> so with uh, 17 of the 18, you can get them as box toppers for each draft set and collector booster box, or you can find them in the actual collector booster box booster packs the 18th card of these will be a buy a box promo that you get for buying any of the boxes and that one is the castle dracula or the in-game magic card of voldaren estate now that i can actually get off my phone <laughs> uh, next variant is the eternal knights showcase cards they'll make a reappearance these are for the basic lands. Again, each legendary creature, with the exception of most of the legendary vampires. Uh, those are the new treatment. Those are in a new treatment, the showcase fang treatment. This set has a set of fangs with the teeth placed on each corner of the card. After this is the extended art that we are used to seeing by now. Our zoomed art, as JB would say. Yeah. Uh, check out the spoilers to see what we are talking about. Have you seen the borders on these yet? I guess I haven't really looked, pay attention to the borders. 
Okay. Just, I've just been looking at the actual cards now that I'm getting caught back up on them since I've been out for a week. We will do a live Danny input on these. Hideous. Nope, not there yet. Hideous. Close, closer. Still hideous. All right, so these. So you see the the teeth up there right by the eh. the name, and it kind of like has some like eh. spirally kind of things on the border there. It's eh. Imagine, um, ah, geez, I'm trying to think like the, the, I don't know, it kind of looks like the story tale, story, the fairy tale, the fairy tale kind of border-esque of previous stuff. I don't know. It's nothing fancy, but it looks good. It's, and it's subtle. Another, it's another variant. It's yeah. not as strong as like the Keldheim ones, the Keldheim showcase. Those well, ones. the Keldheim showcase had to be strong because that's Viking. Yeah. Yeah, if that's the case, then these are definitely very elegant, subtle and elegant. They're they're in the shades of black. So if if you don't see them, I think that's what they're trying to do. But once you see it, you always see it. A uh, quick fun fact: with Sorn the Mirthless, the planeswalker that's out in this set, the uh, vampire frame, the fang, fang, the fang frame treatment, the art for it is done by. Atami Konami, who is the artist for the Castlevania series, the, the the video game Castlevania. Don't play it. Good, good game, good art. So yeah, I like the art right below it. Yeah, that one looks very good too. The show, the new showcase that looks yeah, the white to dark with like smoke. It does look good. Or mist. And as always with spoiler season upon us, Watsi has dropped their set mechanics article. The new mechanics in Crimson Vow are, first up, we have training. It's a creature ability that reads, whenever this creature attacks with another creature with greater power, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. So this may sound familiar because it's kind of like what's, what was the, the Ravnica Boros ability? Mentor. Mentor. It's like mentor, but backwards, where the strong creature, the stronger creature, put a plus one counter on a weaker creature. This is the weaker creature putting a plus one counter on itself to get bigger and stuff. Yeah. So along with that, uh, after that one, we have a mechanic that is for instances and sorceries called cleave. This states that you may cast this spell for its cleave cost. If you do, remove the words in square brackets. Now this one's interesting. So like, what it would be. I'll give a quick example here of like what they did in the cards here. So the cleave example that they have is for a card called Dig Up. For a single green, you get a sorcery that reads, search your library for a bracket, basic land, close bracket, card, open bracket, reveal it, close bracket, put it in your hand, then shuffle. So now if you pay the cleave cost of one black, black, green, you can now read it as Search your library for a card, put it in your hand, then shuffle. So you just ignore the words that are in the brackets when it comes, if you pay the cleave cost of these cards. Um, next, there is a new token mechanic that goes along with this set, kind of like what clue tokens are for the previous set. This one is called... Oh. So, so Matt. Are we going on the cleave one real quick? Yes. Okay. So this would dig up. So as you said, if you played dig up for one green or green... You search the library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. But if you pay for the cleave, which is green, black, black, one, it states you cast this card for its cleave cost. If you do, remove the words 
in the square brackets. So it's no longer a land fetch card. It's a fetch card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's not demonic tutor. Demonic tutor is the two man. Demonic. Di- it is demonic. Di- di- diabolic. Di- no, demonic what? tutor is one. Demonic tutor is black one. But what's the black black two? Diabolic. I don't know. Is it diabolic? I think diabolic is the more expensive one for mana cost. I yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Demonic is two, and then diabolic is four. Vampiric. No, vampiric is one at instant speed. Oh yeah, that's what that's the one I was like, you know, yep, the, yep, yep. the one cost I was looking. Yeah. So yeah, it, it cleave does really change the spell. Yeah, it does the way that they because they're like cleaving up the words and it allows them to like try different Basically things. Basically, erasing cards. erasing the words yeah. off the spell. There's an extra turn card. Maybe we'll talk about in the when we just start talking about some of the cards. But a uh, quick rundown of that: it's a three mana take an extra turn. You lose the game at the beginning of that next turn, or at the end of that next turn. And then it uh, with the cleave cost, it takes out that last clause of where you lose the game. So it's a four red red blue or four blue blue red, and you take an extra turn. So it's like three mana compared to seven mana to take mm-hmm. an extra turn. So interesting stuff. Yep. Yep. So uh, token, new mechanic set token, like a clue token, is blood token. This artifact token reads one tap, discard a card, sacrifice this artifact, then you draw a card. And this one is uh, uh, typically going to be tied with vampires because, you know, blood and vampires, very thematic on that part. No way. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I think of it like an insolent neonate because I think an insolent neonate does the same thing where you pay one, sack it, discard a card, and then draw a card. Or instantly neonate doesn't make you discard a card, or it makes it sack itself. But it's a very strong engine. Like the fact that you get to discard a card and draw a card for one mana, it's pretty good. It's going to enable a lot of like discard graveyardy strategies, which is you know something that'll happen here. And we're gonna actually going to cover the next mechanic that might involve that here in this this, this next group. Yep. Uh, now some mechanics that we've already seen. We have daybound, nightbound, return as werewolf mechan- uh, mechanics. Go figure. Still in Innistrad. This as it, this reads as it becomes day. Transform all night bomb permits. If player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes night again. Also, we have Disturb is also returning. This is the one that states you may cast this card for your, from your graveyard, transformed for its distur- disturbed cost. And finally, Exploit. This is a cons of Cartier. Mechanic is returning here for some sacrifice synergies. It reads, when this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. Then there's typically an effect you gain from doing that. Hopefully. Rather than, hey, you have to sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, worst, worst case scenario, it's like, oh, I just need to have an extra creature in my graveyard or something for this, and then you can like exploit it. I mean, it's very versatile in that, in that aspect, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I think I like exploit a lot. CDC was a super cool card, and now we got a couple cool zombies that are exploiting. There's a counterspell zombie with exploit. Gross. It's a blue, blue two. We'll cover it here. Actually, right now, because that's like all the news we got for you. And I figure for the about, I don't know, about 10 minutes here, we'll just talk about some spoiler cards that we are excited to see. And there's some actually new ones that I haven't seen yet today because I haven't looked since like this morning. <laughs> So I'll at least, I'll give a start here. I'll start with the ones that I've seen already. And I'll start with the, not the vampire, the zombie that counters a spell. This one is called Overcharged Amalgam. 
Blue Blue 2 for a 3-3 zombie horror with flash and flying and exploit. So when it enters the battlefield, you sack a creature. And then when overcharged amalgam exploits a creature, counter target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. <laughs> now the cool thing is, is like we already got some awesome zombie synergies from the past set and just like all other previous magic sets. There's so much zombie tribal goodies and things like that. And one of the key ones for a lot of zombie decks is Rooftop Storm, which is five and a red enchantment. You may pay zero rather than pay the mana cost of zombie spells. So this is just a better uh, force of will. Yep. Uh, yeah, instead of discarding a card, losing a life, you sack a creature and you get a counter something. A, 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 a counter a spell, an activated ability, or a triggered ability. That is so powerful. I love uh, I love effects like that. Like Tail's End is like one of my favorite cards ever because it counters a legendary uh, legendary spell or counters a triggered or an activated ability. Dang blue player. <sighs> I can't help it, Danny. I can't help it. You can just stop playing blue. But they're so good. Cards are gross. They're so good. So so do you, do you guys do any of these last week? We did not because they didn't come out until Thursday. I suppose they didn't. Yeah. Yep. 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 Since I wasn't here. Yep. 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 Um. So. I'll, the one you shared on our Discord for me, because it's right up my alley, is Voice of the Blessed. It's white, white for a 2-2 Spirit Cleric. Uh, when do we gain a life, put a 1-1 counter on Voice of the Blessed. Yeah. As long as the Voice of the Blessed has four or more counters on it, it has Flying and Vigilance. And then as long as Voice of the Blessed has 10 or more, it has Indestructible. It is by far better than a Sarah Ascendant. It's better than a Leonin Pride Mate or a Johnny's Pride Mate because it does exactly the same thing, but you get abilities when it gets more counters on it because a Pride Mate just gets counters and just gets bigger. Yep. Same, well, yeah, same mana cost. Yeah, that's like that's what the conversation was with under Mythic Spoilers, like little chat box underneath each card. Right. It is a Johnny's Pride Mate on steroids. It's also a Sarah on steroids. Yeah, both so fucking good. Yeah. And and if you're playing Soul Sister, getting to that 10 is no problem. That's no fucking problem. And you got an indestructible uh, uh an indestructible 12-12 flyer. Yep, with and vigilance. vigilance. And you just vigilance. have you have a 10-10 wall that's indestructible with that can fly. Yeah, at that point like you just got this game. So Danny, I know you got a uh, a Soul Sister deck. Like and yep. you, you have pride mates in there. Is it a full set or is it two or three of? Uh, let's find out. I think we talked about it one time, like a couple months ago, on Deck of the Week. And if I've that's... I've changed, I think I've changed that one. So if you change that one, like looking at this card initially, do you, does it does it like fit in what that deck is trying to do for you? Uh yeah, it does. Like I said, it's a better version of Saracen. Um, so I think I would literally just pull a Saracen for it. Do you got primates in there still or no? Then uh, I'd say I'd trade I'm pulling, this. I'm pulling up right now. I was about to say I'd pull the primates before the Sarah's ascend. Primates are out. Okay, so primates are out. Yeah, no, the primates are out. So yeah, I'm just running two Sarah ascendants, main and two sideboards. So I'd probably just put in two main and leave the other two Sarah descendants inside. But I don't know. Actually, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the only other flyer I have in the deck is Birds of Paradise. Oh yeah, then you totally need this guy. Yep. But hey, sir, uh, the whole deck is to play Bridge Paradise turn one. 
right? And then you get this turn two, and then mana left open to help protect it. Uh, actually, be turn two would be a soul sister. Soul sister, then and this? then that because gotcha, gotcha. I have enough mana for it, and it put a plus one plus one on right away because they gain life. That's how that deck works. So this next card is a card I'm excited to put in my Verena deck. To those people who have listened, uh, I've talked. About, I don't think I've actually went into detail what my Verena deck is. I've only mentioned it in passing, but it's very zombie zombie heavy. It's super fun, super triggery, and very aggressive. Gross. So this card called Arc Ghoul of Thraben, Black 2, 3-2 Zombie Cleric. When Arc Ghoul of Thraben or another zombie you control dies, look at the top card of your library. If it's a zombie card, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. If you don't put that card into your hand, you may put it into your graveyard. It's just a way of self-milling yourself. Yeah. It puts zombies in hand, or I can just, like, I'm, like, putting that in my hand, and then you can automatically put a zombie into the graveyard, so that way you got, like... Yeah, it goes to your devotion or whatever? Uh, not just graveyard size and well, stuff. That works, too. Um, so, me being green player... Me green player. Me, me smash. Go, go big, go hard. Uh, Diddy. <laughs> cultivator, cultivator Colossus is green, green, green four for plant beast. It has Trample, Cultivator Colossus, power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. When Cultivator Colossus enters the battlefield, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. If you do, draw a card and repeat this process. Excuse me, what? (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me, what? Yeah. This thing is fucking ridiculous. Oh my god. It ETBs, you put a land from your hand on the battlefield, tapped. If you do, draw a card, repeat the process. You can keep going. If you just got a fucking land... If you hit a land pocket, yeah, it gets massively quick. Oh, my God. So I imagine this is definitely going to be going into any kind of land-style decks. You got Moldani? Moldaya? No. No. Uh, What's the... Um, Abu... uh, Uh, Yeah, uh, not Abu. uh, Let me pull pull it up real quick. It's the Zendikar. Yeah, yeah. It's... From Commander deck. Yeah, it's uh, Zendikar. Ubin. Ubin. Moldayan. A Moldaya ancestor. I was close with Moldaya. Yep. So, yeah, dude, that thing would love this thing because it just, you could just bank on putting lands out. Yep. And I think how this works too is like if you have an MDFC card, like you can draw the card and choose to play as the MDFC and then just keep going. So, just have a crap ton of that kind of stuff. And even like uh, Lord Windgrace style decks wouldn't mind having something like this. Yeah, and then and then you just have a massively big beast. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you can hold on, hold on. Does Adventure of Zedekar put plus one counters on plant creature tokens or just uh, Avengers Zedekar? Yeah, Avengers Zedekar. Going to do a quick live Google um, on this one here, then just to double check because I think Avengers Zedekar puts it on plants, and if that's the case. This oh thing, yeah, it's it puts on plants on each plant creature you control. This thing gets bigger with Avenger of Zendikar. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. That is great. So each land you put in pumps all the other little to- plant tokens, but it also pumps this guy because he's it's like, like, hey, here's our big beast. brother, who's bigger than our father. You were making fun of us. Now we brought our brother in. Whack! My God, this thing is amazing. Ah. Yeah, he. I think he might just end up getting into Rith. Let's see. Is there? There's no pre-sale prices on these cards. There's not too many places right now that are putting no. up pre-sale prices on cards. And and there's two arts for this. They have the standard art. Then they have like a showcase art, 
the showcase art is more of a uh, dark shadow. Like the shadows are more in your face. So where there's a shadow, it's a lot darker. So I don't know if it's just the way the person who took the picture, if it's just picture quality, or if it's actually that way. But showcase is pretty cool. Okay, so I want to talk about this card here. Toxrail the Corrosive. Black Black 5 for a legendary slug horror. At the beginning of each end step, put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. Creatures you don't control get neg one, neg one for each slime counter on them. Whenever a creature you don't control with a slime counter on it dies, create a 1-1 black slug creature token. And then it has black, blue, sack a slug, draw a card. Yep. This thing is amazing. Each end step, not just your end step, each end step, you get to put a you get to put a slime counter on on every creature mm-hmm. that you don't control. So it's like your your opponents can never keep a, a a board of like white weenies or just like X ones because at the end of their turn, slime counters get put on them and they get enigma counters. And then you're getting a bunch of slugs. Mm-hmm. And even just like letting this thing go on at the end of each turn, everything is just shrinking and shrinking. Here, let me. No, I can read from here. Yeah, that that's a very toxic card. But um, yeah, dude, this thing is like people are like, oh, slug tribal, it's gonna be a thing. But it's more than just slug tribal. Like this, this is a finisher for a lot of different decks. Like it's a seven mana seven seven that can draw you a card, and whenever a creature dies with a slime counter, so getting the slime counters is definitely gonna be the tougher thing on this. But you have things that can double up uh, triggered abilities like the lithoform engine, and I think. Uh, Stronic Resonator uh, doubles triggered abilities, right? Stronic Resonator. Uh yes. Yeah, it's um the bracers, the illusionist bracers that do activated abilities. So yeah. So I mean, you got good things that you can use to like pair with this this fucking slug, and uh, I, I, I'm excited for this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because this art kind of caught my eye, we get Dracula Blood Immortal. But it's actually not Dracula. It is actually Falkenrath Forbearer. They're bringing back the... Um, da, 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 what's... Uh, Godzilla art. No, the Godzilla names. Card art stuff. So the card is called Dracula Blood Mortal, but Immortal, but it's actually Falkenrath Forbearer with a new skin. Um, so Forbear is a black two vampire. It's a three one for with flying. Falconrath Forbear can't block. Whenever Falcon Forbear deals combat damage to a player, create a blood token. Black sacrifice two blood tokens. Return Falconrath Forbear from a graveyard to the battlefield. This thing is fucking bonkers. The art is sweet. Yeah, yeah. Let's cover some of the cards that have been shown that are in the Dracula series, like what they're, uh, j- at least just their names and stuff. So. Have you ever read the Dracula books? Nope. Neither have I. So none of these characters are going to mean shit to me, unfortunately. Basically. So for, uh, one of the, the first ones here is we got Lucy Wester, Western Ra, which is Malicious Invader, or Innocent tra- uh, innocent Traveler is what the card, but then it flips mm-hmm. over to uh, Malicious Invader, but then it turns Lucy a Risen Vampire. Uh, and that just, at the beginning of your upkeep, put... Any opponent may put at the beginning of your upkeep. Any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If they do, if one does, 
transform it. If no one does. Oh, if no one does, then you transform it. And then it gets uh, plus two, plus two, as long as, a, uh, as long as an opponent controls a human. Yep, and flying. Yep. And then you got uh, Harker's Journal. I won't go reading too much into these cards here because, yeah. So these are like the themes in the, the Dracula story. So Harker's Journal. Then uh, Danny already read Dracula Blood Immortal, which very elegant. That, that, that pose mm-hmm. reeks of power. That's all of them for now. Oh, no, no, no. They had some more at the beginning there. Um, oh, I guess I didn't scroll off far enough. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when they announced, they announced the set, there was also Dr. John Seward, and then there is the mysterious blood illness. Then they got uh, Abraham Van Helsing. Is it going to be Abraham Lincoln? Uh, no. Van Vampire Helsing. killer? I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's why Abraham Lincoln is Abraham Vampire Slayer. I never watched the movie. Either did I. (laughs) Then we also have Dracula, Lord of Blood. Yeah. Which is um, Valdrin, Bloodcaster. And both of those arts are for both arts for the the Dracula flip. Because Lord of Blood becomes Lord of Bats. And the art's pretty sick. They're so fucking good. Like I mentioned earlier, Castle Dracula, which is the Valdarian estate. That's a land. Yep, we have Count Dracula, who is actually Soren the Mirthless. Wow, because that looks, it's like, it's subtle and dark, and it very captures, like, mm-hmm. Dracula-esque essence there, man. Oh, it's so good. Uh, then there's Mina Harker, the lady who writes the journal, I'm guessing. God, I, uh, maybe I should read the book. I should become more cultured, Danny. Yeah. Maybe this game is going to make me more cultured. Maybe. Maybe. It's me, Ryan's, uh, JB's new favorite card, because it's Thalia, Garden of the... Was it Trigget? Uh, Guardian of Thraben. Thraben. There we go. Yeah, so that's... Uh, we'll just quickly toss that one out here. That's a reprint in this set. They're putting Thalia into standard, which means they're... Was it already in Pioneer? No, it wasn't in Pioneer because it was printed in Innistrad. So Thalia is in Pioneer now. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's going to be like a Pioneer D&T style deck. Maybe. Um. Then we have Sisters of the Undead, which is Olivia Crimson Bride. Looks like there's three sisters there. Like, I remember the Van Helsing movie, and wasn't there three vampires, vampire chicks that were trying to kill Hugh Jackman? I couldn't tell you. I think that's the case, but I don't know if there's any connection, but those are all the, the cards currently for the, the, the Dracula sh- uh, series. Yep. Uh, we both could probably got, like, another card or two in here, if you got one. Um. Yeah, the one we just talked about earlier. The card that's going to create a uh, Ascendant deck. So we have Ascendant Pack Leader for Model Green. It's a 2-1 creature wolf. Ascendant Pack Leader enters the battlefield with a 1-1 counter on it if you control a permanent that with mana value 4 or greater. And then whenever you cast a spell with mana value 4 or greater, put a 1-1 counter on Ascendant Pack Leader. That thing is fucking cool. Great commander card. It is. It very much so is. Uh, My card I want to talk about here that has shown up is we got a very zombie themed card necro duality three in a blue enchantment whenever a non-token zombie enters the battlefield under your control create a token that's a copy of that creature so i got thinking of different ways that you can um can comp have some strong synergies here you have micaeus the micaeus the unhallowed which is the six mana five five other uh, other non-human creatures have undying so you cast that you it enters the battlefield trigger dual necro duality 
the token enters the battlefield. You sacrifice the original copy, goes to the graveyard, but comes back with Undying, and then it enters again, triggers, makes a token, you sack it, and it doesn't come back this time. Or no, you sack the token. Oh, no. Yeah, it comes with a plus one counter. I got to think this through. You but still, so, he has some synergies there. I know there's a lot. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there was, I think, uh, the Commander Smellbook guys over on Twitter, they just posted up something about that. But this card is totally going into my Varina deck, and I actually am testing it in there. Right, meow. So That's enough of Matt's blue bullshit. Zombies as well, sir. Should make it better. Blue bullshit. So, this is written with that bullshit. Uh, oh, oh, before we're done, I just oh want to I just want to ha- highlight a couple of reprints here. We got a braid coming in the set that we do, and uh, I love the I love the new art. Oh, that and art is intense and gruesome as fuck. So that's a red one instant. It choose one. It deals three damage to target creature or destroy an artifact. We got a syncopate reprint. So blue X counter target spell unless its controller pays X, then exile that spell if it was countered this way. Then a surprising reprint. Hero's downfall has been downshifted to uncommon. Black, black, one, instant, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Which is intense. We already talked about Thalia getting reprinted in here as well. And was there one more that I saw? God, I'm drawing a blank. Surprise, surprise. As I scroll through here just to double check to make sure that there wasn't a reprint. Like, those are the current reprints, and all those are pretty awesome. Like, a syncopate reprint, pretty fucking dope. Yep. But yeah, let's go on from here. We we have done enough spoilers. Go check out the current spoilers. Stick up to date with them. If you go to the the motherboard, the mothership, they have a list of where and who are spoiling each of the upcoming cards. Because the set comes out in two weeks. Next week is when it comes out in paper. The full set will be spoiled at, at that time as well. So get hyped. For the trip back to Instagram for the second, the second time in six months. So, now let's talk about the weekly winners. Wah, wah, wah. Moving over to the finance section. Cha-ching. I, I, I talked about this card on the, the podcast, or not on the podcast, in the Discord before it got posted up in the article here, which is kind of exciting. So, brought back, white, white, instant, choose up to two target permanence cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Return them to the battlefield tapped. This card was printed in M20. It's jumped up 72%, now chilling around $4. This has only been printed in Corset 2020. It has a couple like versions of them. It has the pre-release card and a promo pack uh, version of it. So market price on these cards are $3.97. Average price is now around 5 bucks. So that means people are trying to sell them for 5 bucks. If they've been sold, that is not the case necessarily. Market price... Uh, typically speaks to what's been sold. Foils of this card are around 750 though. And the reason why this card is moving up is that there are a bunch of uh, brought back style decks getting played in modern. One big one was brought up by Aspiring Spike, uh, Aspiring Spike Everett Mohan, who was running a Burroughs brought back deck with Furies and solitudes and esper sentinels ragavans ranger captain of eos and stuff like that and ephemerate so like it pairs with ephemerate kind of thing so this card is bonker balls with this thing so uh, those decks are what is what's causing that to move up in price 
Next in the weekly winners, we have Spreading Seas. For blue one, you get an enchantment aura that enchants a land. When Spreading Sea ETBs, draw a card, and then the enchanted land is an island. This card has jumped up 65%, now chilling around $3.91. But as of today, it has gone up even more. Market price is $4.64, and the average price is around $4.50. I'm going to take a stab in the dark here on the foil price of Spreading Seas that the $188 is a fluke. I think it's a fluke. But maybe not necessarily due to the fact this is the only printing. Yeah, it's only printing in Zendikar. It hasn't been printed in a list. hasn't been printed in any other kind of a deck. So I think think the foil is actually pretty accurate then. Uh, Maybe. Very very well maybe. I imagine it looks very pretty too in person because Spreading Seas is definitely one of my favorite cards uh, when I understood the power of what it could do. It's, it, it, yeah, it blew my mind and I liked it a lot. So this is moving up in price because in modern it combats the meta very well right now. You got, uh, you got hammer decks that are going, that are running ink moth nexuses or even blink moth nexus. And those are creature lands. So it shuts those guys off completely for them to be able to attach a hammer to. It destroys Urza's Saga as another option. Previously, we talked about Alpine Moon was a card that would be shutting down Urza's Saga. And that's for one red. Now it's seen that, you know, two mana draw card is still a pretty good effect to be able to blow up an Urza's Saga to stop your opponent from getting a Karn struck or being able to tutor up any one drop that they want, typically like the Shadow Spear, Nihil Spellbomb package, or Mishra's Bobble and stuff like that. So this has been appearing in both Jeskai and Azorius controls uh, to help combat that stuff. So next one, one of the biggest winners that we have is Solitude. I think this guy's catching up to Regavan right now as most expensive card in Modern Horizons 2. That's a very expensive card. So Solitude, we just mentioned with the brought back deck, it is white, white, three for a three, two elemental incarnation with flash lifelink. And then when Solitude ETPs, you may exile one target creature or another target creature. Uh, that creature's controller gains that much life. And then it has a Vogue of exile a white card from your hand so this is source the plowshare on a creature and this has been seeing so much play in like every style deck right now azorius control style decks in modern are picking up in pace uh you got the elemental decks that are running this and then we were just talking about that boros brought back deck running solitude as well because it, it gains you life it exiles the thing that it wants to exile which is important when you are facing down murktide regents or monkeys even with cards that are less oppressive but are still pretty good in the format because this thing also can exile it can exile opposing furies or opposing uh, omnaths omnaths is a big one to be exiling and then they won't be able to get that anymore so it's showing up in a, pro- a lot of popularity there so then we have a final winner here of ardent plea for white blue one you get an enchantment that reads Exalted. Whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. And then it has Cascade. When you cast this spell, exile all, exile cards from the top of your library to exile a non-land card that costs less. You may cast it without paying its mana cost. Put the exile cards on the bottom in a random order. This card has jumped up 
39%, now chilling around $4.99. As of today, the market price has dropped down a little bit, $4.88. Average price is five, so there are people that are still trying to push it around that five above that $5 mark. But then foils of Ardent Plea are $21.99, again, due to the fact this is the only printing uh, from Alara Reborn. Only printing of this card. And this has recently jumped up in price. Um... According to the article here, another card that may have gone up in price because of a Channel Fireball deck by Adrian, uh, Adria Maguchi. He plays a four-color, a, a four-color Yorion deck that takes a new approach on crashing footfall strategy. The deck seems to be originally created by Doomwake. So it does the cascading stuff to get footfalls is pretty much its only option it just allows you instead of playing violent outburst oh no it still has violent outburst what was the other option it has everything here because shardless agent violent outburst ardent plea all ways to just get crashing footfalls it's effectively just like more ways to get four four two four four rhinos out quicker because that's the only thing that these hit there's nothing in here that is less and that's moving up in price because of uh, that deck there. So you can check out the full deck down below. Now, Danny, you want to talk about some cheap pickups here? I suppose I'll do JB's job. Come on, JB, pick up your feet. <laughs> actually, get up to the table, bro. Um, so actually, a deck that a card that he was actually talking about the other day in Discord. He was. Um, Dark Depths is now at fifteen seventy one. It's stabling out. It's still pretty expensive card reasonably but from where i was at it's at a reasonable price market price is around uh 13 and the cheapest version of this one is from the list which is the card that they're talking about here yep i uh, suppose i could have looked at that no you're good because cold snap is 26 bucks double masters is 16 from the vault lore is 18 yep. ultimate masters is 18 and then you got the box ultimate master box topper which is around 90 dollars but you have the cool art yeah uh next up we have prime evil titans now sitting at 678 slowly trending down everyone's favorite modern card arguably arguably i would say that it's not my favorite modern card i do not like to face down a titan i've never played played them in modern <sighs> It's good that you never played him, because I imagine you would probably enjoy playing a primetime deck. I hate playing against primetime. Primetime and Amulet of Vigor are a very potent combo. That's mainly one of the reasons why I like to have Culligan's Command and now Prismari Command as ways of like dealing with a uh, Amulet. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, Kirk, son of Yagmoth, sitting at five dollars and one cent. And it's slowly trending down. Mono decks, mono black decks, losing popularity. Yep. Um, and that ends the list of cheap pickups for this week. As a reminder, if you guys want to be picking up any cards on the cheap or selling cards as they're moving up in price, you can go check over our check out our friends over at tcgsniper.com. They have an amazing service where you make an account, you put in cards that you want to get notified on that are moving up or down in price, you'll get notified on them. Sales by, by sen them sending you a link via text, Discord, email. You click that link, you go to the buyer that posted for that price, and then you can buy it. Then and there, and it is really good, really easy. Like you, you snipe out some really good deals, not gonna lie. 
very good deals. But then you can use it in the first reverse, like I was saying, where you can like get notified when prices are moving up. So let's say you have a stack of mission briefings that you're waiting to go to like 10 bucks a piece because they're like Snapcaster 2.0. And then when you get notified of more people are selling that for around 10 to 12 bucks, you get notified and it's like, okay, now this is the time that I want to be posting this up, selling, making some money. Highly worth the service. You should go check them out. But if you go check them out and sign up and make an account and mention that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their plus program. And what that gets you is you can get 50 cards to enter in and get notified on. So it's highly worth it. I highly recommend out. They are great guys. We've had them on the podcast before. So go check out tcgsniper.com. Yep. yep. Uh, another thing before we close out the news or the, the, the finance section here is TCG player announced today. Today. Oh, yeah. What did they announce? That on this Friday, 11-5, that they're doing a six-hour-only bonus bucks special. You get 15% bonus bucks on all products. Ooh. So every product, everything, every dollar, every everything you buy there, 15% of that price, you're getting bonus bucks, which is like their currency and stuff. We talked about mm-hmm. it like two weeks ago. I think they had their 10% one. Now they're doing it better for 15%, but it's only six hours this Friday, starting at... I do not see a time. I do not see a time. So uh, check the notes. I'll make sure to post an appropriate link down there below so that way you all know about that. Now, with the finance out of the way, Danny, should we do a deck of the week? Uh, It's up to you. It's almost 9 o'clock, and we're doing pretty good. Uh, It's up to you. Well, I think we will cut it there then. Okay. And Mainly because we don't have a deck. Yeah, we don't. I've I've definitely been bad. JB is definitely the one who picks up a lot of the deck of the weeks. So we got to work on that. Got to work on that. He (laughs) does. Not we. He. So thank you guys for making it to the end of episode 112 of This Week in MTG. Good job. Make sure to follow us on all podcast, or I mean, not on all podcasting platforms, but you can check out whichever one that you uh, use the most. Follow us there so that we get notified when a new episode drops. You can also follow us on YouTube and on Twitter. Twitter, Twitch, Twitter too. Yeah, I mean, and Twitter too, but on Twitch where we go live every Monday night around seven o'clock, and you can watch us stumble over our words and having long pauses because I forget to put a wheel up and stuff. Um, also, oh snap! Also, I, I wanted to say this at the beginning, but we still have play mats, y'all. Hit me up. We'll sell you play mats. They're going for twenty bucks a pop. We'll work out shipping. I'd love for you to have them because they're really flipping cool. I have to grab one. Gotcha, gotcha. And you can follow us on a bunch of different places online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, go check out our website, thisweekendmtg.com, to be able to get all that information. OnlyFans. No, no OnlyFans. Dang it. We're work- we got to work a little harder for that. Ooh, that's good. where we should be. I'll think about it. <laughs> just bling out our decks and show our decks. We'd just be laying there in like a, a, a bear rug. And- nope. And it's stuff literally, decks literally, just, it's literally just our decks. What if we get like some of the more risque cards and we take pictures of those, like Final Gambit, which came out in like Fifth Dawn or whatever. Yeah, the and yeah then, the ones uh, that are like people are having hissy fit over. Yeah, Earthbound. Yep. Or Earthbind. Then there's also Gwendolyn DeCourcy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll start saving up and getting those cards. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll buy those once we get money from OnlyFans. 
Yeah, there we go. There's there's the deal. There's the deal. So with that as well, let's give a big thank you to our patrons. Thank you once again. Thank you, Jacob, for being a new patron. It's greatly appreciated. We love you for that. Thank you, Jade of Sports Cards and Gaming, for being the sponsor of this podcast. Now, Danny, mm. do you have anything else you want to add to this? Nope. Well, with that, then, you find magic folk. We will catch you all next time. See ya. You were making fun of us. Now we brought our brother in. Whack.